Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham and 105.1 in Luton. Um, my name is Kathleen Roach-Nagy. I'm here with you for the rest of the show, inshallah. And I'm here with Peter Rooks, who has been enthralling us with a lot of lovely stories um, and his background in nursing and the changes that's happened. And then we started talking about parenting. So we're inviting people to phone in if you would like to join our conversations or talk to him about the changes in parenting over the years and we're going to talk about grandparenting too tonight and the phone number again is 0121 so before the break peter we were talking about rules and boundaries and um it's amazing actually you were saying that your children may have rebelled against them but they implement them in, into their house and i've kind of seen something similar i remember my children growing up and thinking saying oh we'll never do that we'll never do that and then especially my daughter who has children doing something similar yeah, you know? right, exactly <laughs> and and to changing herself so i just smile i don't say anything cause <laughs> <laughs> but i think they learn for themselves that yes, you know yes. these things there there must be something mm. there must be a method to to her madness and i'll try it out and it will just work anyway um so they do keep similar things in place uh it's really good and important for children to have rules and boundaries in the house yeah I mm. think that's right. Mm. I think that's right. Because um, it gives a sense of security. Mm-hmm. Um, and they know where they stand. Yeah. Um, and I think when those boundaries aren't there... So I think some, some people sometimes think that if you do away with the boundaries, that makes life easier for the children. I don't think it does. I think mm-hmm. it makes it more difficult. Obviously, the boundaries have to be realistic. Yeah. You know, so they're not, they're not over-rigid in the sense that, um, come what may, that applies. Well, mm. One has to be prepared to um, change it, bend it, depending on circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that is fine. Um, and I've heard my children say more than once, you know, um, I swore when I was growing up I would never do this and I would never say that. Mm. And mannerisms and catchphrases and so forth, you know. Mm. Um, and then they say, and then I catch myself doing the very same thing, you know, and saying, um, oh, my goodness, I'm doing what mum did or what mum said or dad <laughs> did or dad said. Yeah. You know, to, okay. Yeah. You know, so um, it is important that we mm. do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. yeah. And uh, I, and as you say, so long as they are fair, achievable rules and boundaries, actually, we what we say is sit down with the family and discuss them together because children have a way of even making tougher ones. You probably have to make it milder, yeah. uh, but to at least everybody needs to know what needs to be done and what's not to be done because we have actually even in life we have so many unspoken rules and boundaries so we don't need this yes, tone we need right. to speak about them and, right. and know what to do yeah. yeah and actually what i think is the most difficult um is that we all think about wanting to treat all the children the same mm-hmm. but you can't mm-hmm. because they're all different mm-hmm. you know i have four children mm-hmm. you know and they're all different mm-hmm. in uh, various ways um, you know, and some that you have to be firm with, some that you coax, some that you humour, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I know that leaves you open to accusations of, you know, that's not fair. You know, mm-hmm. he did this and I didn't have to do that, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it gives an opportunity to explain why. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always think about that concept of equity. Mm. You know, so um, most of us have probably seen this sort of cartoon, yeah. you know, and there's like three people looking over a fence yeah. and they're different heights mm-hmm. and you give them all one box, mm-hmm. you know, so that that's the equi- that's the equality rather yeah, yeah. equality. But it's still not um, 
one, one of them still can't look over the top of the box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to give the one that's the shortest two mm-hmm. boxes to stand on, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's all that brings them more or less to the same height. You know, and I think that's the same with the with the children in your family. Mm-hmm. You have to make extra allowances for some yeah. of them um, over others. Use different approaches. Use for different them. approaches. So that's it's not exactly that right. you're favouring one over the other. It's that that's you're right. using different that's approaches because right. you know which yes. ones what what will work with different yes. ones, and yes. you'll be able to motivate them in different ways. Yeah, yeah. and and. The, mm. the additional challenge to that, mm. uh, which increasingly parents are having to face these days, mm. um, is that I had two of my children are from my first marriage, mm. and two of my children are from my wife Jeannie's first marriage. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, we always treated them as brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. and our children there was mm-hmm. never any question we never used the word step mm-hmm. step children step yeah, brothers yeah, yeah, yeah. okay treat them as our children mm-hmm. and the challenge is um being able to treat all of the children fairly mm-hmm. and not favoring your own blood children yep. over the ones that are not your blood children yep. that is a challenge and yeah. with the increase in the number of families who d- divorce and remarry yep. or you know people who live as partners etc yep. um, so these type of serial relationships are mm-hmm. increasing mm-hmm. and that brings additional challenges definitely uh, definitely and i love that that you bring everybody together as a family and actually what you mentioned earlier on with your first wife helen yeah, helen, helen yeah. yes mm-hmm. when helen um you said you always kept that relationship and still have that relationship i see so many times when divorces happened that people talk badly about yes. the other person yes that's and right. they're talking badly in front of children yeah and they're even using children to take messages and this is only really it's a big burden on those poor children yeah. that love both yeah. and really want to keep that both as people that they love and, and even though the marriage and things may have not gone right can't we make an agreement can't people agree that yeah we're going to agree to disagree on things but we're going to be civil to each other yes. at least talk to each other we can smile at each other mm. there's you don't have to do anything other than than that if you don't want to if you still want to keep your relationship apart in most situations anyway i mean if there is abuse or something that's going on maybe you've mm. you, you may True. feel differently but in in many situations where you divorce and you just you didn't for whatever reason it was you didn't get on how can we be better at keeping that relationship there for the children for the family yes Yes, yes. And sometimes I think that um, uh, splitting actually is the best thing to do for the children. Mm -hmm. Because I know that in some marriages and some friends that I know, um, the husband and the wife, they're constantly bickering. Yeah. Um, And that is very unsettling for children, Mm -hmm. uh, where sometimes it is actually um, better for them to separate. And then if they can then come back together again as friends... Um, no, they're not living in the same house anymore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're friends. Mm-hmm. I think that even. is the best. You know, and as, <laughs> as my daughter, Sarah Jane, says to me, she said, you know, um, the great thing is, you know, that mum has never been critical of you. Yeah. Okay. And I know that you've never been critical of mum. Mm-hmm. And that actually has been a great um, bonus to us as children, mm-hmm. you know, as we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And I can, I'm sure for the mental health of those children, yes. that that's what we need to be to look at. Yeah. And as uh, you say, there is a, a lot more uh, divorce now. And there's, yes, divorce is in Islam as well as other faiths. Uh, it, it, not every couple can stay together. And if there is difficulties, mm. like mm. what you say, it is better than, rather than having the child where... Um, 
parents think because they're not there watching it if there's mm. domestic abuse they don't know about it but they often hear yes. about it and do know they about do. it yes um and it affects them and probably affects them more than what them what parents think so if you are in that situation listeners and you want to talk about somebody or something this to anybody um do ring in the studio and, and give your number and we can have a chat to you after the show or we can take your number and ring you tomorrow if you are in a difficult situation and want to know what to do ab- about it because um, there is help out there there is help yeah. for people in, in, indeed and we we want to help all children, all children to give them you know, they're so pure, they're so innocent, <laughs> and we want to give them the best in life, really, mm. they've come in you know, with their clean white sheet Yes. Yeah. This, uh, and it's a shame that uh, parents, they have to do this with, with parents and try to grow up before their time if they're involved in a situation like this yes, yeah, indeed, it's indeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah yeah. And I don't think we should um, forget the additional challenge. Mm. That if you have a child you know, who's got cerebral palsy, for example, mm. you know, or a child who's got autism, uh, yeah. they are particular challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very important that um, the family work together and they recognise that you have to treat that child differently mm-hmm. as they're growing up. And I think a large part of the behaviour problems that you get with those children is because they feel that they're being misjudged and they can't understand why it is people are constantly misjudging them mm. because their brains are operating differently mm. and they, they see situations mm-hmm. uh, differently. And I think it's important to recognise that. And do you think there's enough support out there to teach parents that, that how their brains are rewired and how they no. can get that? No. Um, yeah. I know we're straying onto a different topic. Yeah, we are. You know, um, <laughs> but... Um, I mean, I feel very strongly about mm. children with special educational needs and mm. disabilities, uh, and I really think that we serve them very badly mm-hmm. um, as a community. Um, I'm pleased to see that it is rising up the agenda, mm. uh, so there is recognition that we're not serving them well, mm-hmm. and therefore that we need to do something. But it is very slow in coming, and um, for parents uh, who have children with special educational needs and disabilities it is very challenging and the support is not there mm. but I think maybe that's a subject for another day it is definitely and maybe we'll have you back another day to yep. talk about that indeed in, in more detail so relationships brings people together the relationship we're talking about the relationship of parents the relationship of uh, grandparents before we go into grandparents can you um remember back your uh, visits abroad mm. and reflect on the parenting styles there and the relationships there compared to what we have here in the West is there a big yes. difference? Oh there is there is mm-hmm. um, the trend here uh, in the West is very much towards nuclear families mm-hmm. i.e. mum, dad and um, two children or whatever number, usually quite small mm-hmm. um, whereas in many other countries where I've worked it's been um, an extended family where you have mum, dad, brothers and sisters with their children. Um, in India, they call them joint families, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're all living under the same roof mm-hmm. and children of different parents living under the same roof, but as one big family. In Papua New Guinea, they didn't necessarily live in the same house, but they live very close together. Um, now what we call aunts and uncles quite often we're still referred to as mum and dad mm-hmm. um, and 
cousins were regarded as brothers and sisters mm. and children of my brother who would be nephews and nieces in this country mm. uh, are regarded as my children mm. uh, so and the word the word we uh, is more common than the word i mm-hmm. uh, so what happens is for the community it's not for me mm-hmm. it's for the community and many of those countries people have to pay school fees for their children to go to school as well yeah 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 that's very very common Mm -hmm. you know um so obviously schooling isn't mandatory Mm -hmm. um in those countries so um there is a great community effort on uh, raising funds to be able to pay fees Mm -hmm. and in fact um one of my daughters-in-law is uh, chinese malaysian Mm -hmm. and um she is the oldest of her siblings so she came to Birmingham uh, to university and she she did a degree in engineering mm-hmm. um, and that was paid for by her parents. Mm-hmm. But then that was on the understanding that when her brother came to university, also came to England, uh, that she then, she was working with them by that time, mm-hmm. that she would at least contribute towards his fees okay. um, according yeah. to her means. Yeah. And then the same thing worked down to the, others, the other mm-hmm. siblings. So it's very much a community effort. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this great sense of commitment, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and commitment to all members of the family. So mm-hmm. my parents looked after me as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So there's an acceptance, therefore, when my parents get older and can't cope, you know, that I'm going to return that um, favour and I'm going to be there for my parents. Yeah. Okay. And I know the difficulty is yeah. that there is a Western influence mm-hmm. that when people from those countries come to not just England, but to Western countries, uh, that that starts to um, uh, break down a little bit. And mm-hmm. partly because the youngsters then are following a career, and as a result, following that career, they move away from where their parents are living. Mm-hmm. So it's not intentional that they're not there to support their parents in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's as a result of the geographical um, mobility mm-hmm. which occurs. Okay. Yes, which, uh, of course, makes sense. And when you were talking there, it reminded me of my own father's situation, who, who his, own, his father died when he was nine and had to leave school to, um, to, fend, to go to work for the mm. family. And uh, he managed actually to educate his younger sibling right up to university, which had to be paid for in Ireland in those days. Yes, and then he yes. ma- managed to, to, to do that, uh, who was always grateful, actually, uh, for, for that. I remember him saying before he passed away that it should have been your dad that went to university, not me. But <laughs> I had the opportunity because he, he had stayed home and work. And... Um, yeah, it was it, it was more families coming together, and mm. I suppose things were harder. Yes, and they united more. So it is similar to your experience there of where we together as a family, we we all look after each other. We're we're more caring. So if you're not that parent, if you're the uncle or aunt, you would still look after. And I think in some respects, in some of the families here, in some of the cultures here, there is still that approach. Yes, still that yes I think so. siblings and extended families, they do come together and they do care for each other and they are still... Um, Yes. Whatever children it was, you'd look for, look out for them as if they were your own children. And I think in a lot of families, there's been a matriarch mm-hmm. um, within the family. You know, and I think back to um, my maternal grandmother, mm-hmm. and she was very much the ma- she was very quiet in what she did, mm-hmm. but we always looked at her with sort of great respect, um, and she 
united the family, brought the family together. Mm-hmm. And when it came to Christmas and the family um, um, events, you know, someone was getting married or someone, your know, child was getting baptized or whatever it was, um, then we would all come together. And my gran would be the person, you know, who was the great hostess, mm-hmm. you know, for all of this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when she died, uh, she lived till she was 97, actually. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, she was born the same year as the Queen Mother. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Anyway, so she died when she was um, she was ninety seven, um, and uh, you know, then someone else within the family takes on that um, that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think then, as each subsequent generation, it sort of weakens a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not quite the same as it was, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an important role, I think. It is, and, and talking, which leads us into grandparents as, w- as well, and we have a lot of extended families here in the UK, and sometimes, yes, I know it can be difficult living with extended families, going back to rules and boundaries, mm. where maybe grandparents will not mm. respect them and say, it's okay, stay up, or eat this, or give them sweets or fizzy drinks to children to, to spoil them a bit. But in general, if you... Um, talk to your to the grandparents and win them over and, and un- get them to understand why these are in place they will be on your side and it is a great support system there it is yes. so it doesn't have to be me versus you or mm. a lot of families um, may think you know is it her or me if the wife mm. may think is it, which one do you do you want and the yes. sons are often yes. pulled apart because they want to include both they want to be able to please their mums and please their wives yes that's right (laughs) that's right absolutely yes Mm. it is it is so what what advice could you give if there were parents listening in like this and I'm sure there is living within extended families is there any top tips over the years or something you can go back to your grandmother Mm. that could help them I think the great thing is to listen Mm -hmm. and I think it is also being sensitive um, to the needs of others so, um, when a boy gets married, that is um, a big change in life for is it for him, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but also for his mum, mm-hmm. and particularly if he's the only son. Um, the mum feels very often that she's losing that son because mm-hmm. the son has a wife, and obviously at that stage in life, you know, you're very much in love, mm-hmm. um, and um, you'd do anything for this new wife mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily for your mum mm-hmm. you know who you've taken for granted you know for a long time um, and I think at that stage in life it is important to remember mum mm-hmm. you know that mum brought me up um, and what are the needs of mum and as mum is getting older mm-hmm. uh, what is it that she has difficulty doing and if she's in a situation where she becomes widowed which is quite often mm-hmm. Um, uh, she would be widowed rather than um, outliving, sorry, than her husband outliving her. Mm-hmm. Um, then there'll be things around the house that she can't do, mm-hmm. you know, um, physically she can't do, mm-hmm. that her husband always did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the son has an important role. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the son and his wife have worked together and they've developed a rapport and they have a loving relationship, and they've talked about situations, Mm -hmm. then the wife will fully understand the commitment that her husband has to his Mm -hmm. mum. I think so much of it is about about listening. Mm -hmm. Um, Listening more than talking, really. Mm -hmm. Listening to what 
to what your wife has to say, what is it that's concerning her? Because mm-hmm. I think when breakdowns occur, breakdowns I mean in misunderstandings, mm-hmm. when misunderstandings occur, quite often it's because people haven't listened. Yeah. That's very important, mm-hmm. I believe, in the same way that we were talking earlier about listening to your children. Yeah. It's important to listen to your parents. It's important to live to your and listen to your husband or your wife or your partner. You know, whatever the circumstances are that you're in. So true. We were actually doing that last night in our last program in Women's Hospital. We did the pen exercise. Oh yes. So you could only talk when you were holding the pen. Ah right. Because um, what we find, no, every relationship will have some issues at some point, mm. and listening is so important and we wanted to give them these skills especially before a lot of them were pregnant with their first baby and maybe get involved with baby and actually don't listen to each other Mm. as literally what you were saying so you can only talk when you're holding the pen (laughs) (laughs) and then we give them taught them some skills of reflection paraphrasing summarizing etc and some words to our sentences am I hearing right what is it you want me to hear so that they are able to express themselves yes, right. and, and, and get some time for this. And I think if we do have this at an early stage, you're right, we can prevent a lot of the problems from building up um, and thinking in our own minds and multiplying like a snowball. It starts off small and then it becomes mm. really big where it, yeah, pro- it might not have been as big initially or somebody else is just in another because of stress at work or something else or tiredness, sleep deprivation, especially if you had a baby. It wasn't meant to be like this. Mm. So to to go back a step again and to think, put away your phones and communicate face to face and give yourself time as a couple. Yes. Mm. And, you know, one of the most interesting um, exercises I had when I worked in Maldives, um, I was teaching nursing and um, and uh, working on setting up this uh, curriculum mm-hmm. um, and sociology was one of the topics mm. um, and nobody wanted to teach sociology mm-hmm. you know so I said but well, obviously it should be a Maldivian because mm-hmm. a Maldivian will understand the culture mm-hmm. and know it mm-hmm. um, uh, but no one came forward so in the end the principal of the college said uh, um, uh, Peter will you do it <laughs> <laughs> and me being the sort of person always says yes always find no difficult to say I said alright I'll give it a go Okay, um, but what I did it was very much participative um, approach to sociology, and we'd have like a big flip chart, and we'd get the students to write down on the flip chart what are the advantages of a nuclear family and what are the advantages of an extended family, mm-hmm. uh, because we all assume that um, everybody wants to live in an extended family. But mm-hmm. it's quite interesting, you know the um, uh, the anxieties that mm-hmm. some of these youngsters had about their potential mother-in-law mm-hmm. um, and we were able to go through this and say well well you know what are these anxieties and why have you got those anxieties what's led to those anxieties what are your previous experience etc 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 and it really comes down to that same point that you were mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. Um, so when they get married and um, it's listening to what their mother-in-law has to say Mm-hmm. Um, and the same way for the mother-in-law to listen to what the mm-hmm. new wife has to say mm-hmm. um, so that they develop an understanding. Mm-hmm. And if they can establish that rapport fairly early on mm-hmm. uh, in their relationship, it augurs well for the future. Mm-hmm. Because then when the baby is born, uh, it may well be that the mother-in-law has different ideas mm-hmm. about um, bringing that child up from what the, um, the mother has. Mm-hmm. 
But that is another interesting point about parent, uh, grandparenting to it, come to. It is really <laughs> interesting, and, and the, how they, you can value the grandparents in there and, and their opinion, but that listening together, and unfortunately it is like the, the dreaded mother-in-law, I don't know whether it's, or the step one, because a lot of films, I think, have been made around this topic, it's probably in people's drenched in people's minds and they don't even know about it and it's trying to take everybody in in face value and to treat each individual uh, as as a, a human being and get to know them yes. and get to to know that new person and welcome as yes. as a mother in law welcome the new your bride into the family and vice versa as well to get to know each other that's right that's right and uh, obviously having been married twice I've had Mm. two mothers-in-law and um, both of them have been extremely kind to me Mm -hmm. so um, this um, dreaded image of mothers-in-law I think is um, it's it's fictitious Mm. you know I'm not saying it never occurs but Mm. most times uh, mothers-in-law are very kind Mm. um, but sometimes they might feel threatened and therefore as they feel threatened then they may say and do things which can be misinterpreted and again it comes back to that uh, communication that we were talking Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. listening to what is causing Mm -hmm. the mother-in-law or the daughter-in-law anxiety Mm -hmm. and the same thing happens the other way around of course of course Mm. we have sometimes the the worry that um, Oh, we're coming to the end of the show and I won't be able to even talk about that worry. Indeed, I think we have to come back to another time. Indeed, we're in the last minute. So any top tips for grandparents, actually, before we end today? Yes. Uh, Be supportive. Yeah. Be a friend to your grandchildren. Mm. Always support their parents. Mm -hmm. Don't ever try and contradict. But you can just have that little bit of fun time that you didn't have as a parent because at the end of the day, you're going to hand them back, aren't you, to their parents. I love being a grandparent. I have six grandchildren, and I love being a grandparent. Well, it's wonderful talking to you, and you don't look like a grandparent (laughs) that has six grandchildren. (laughs) And I can totally agree with you. It is is lovely being with them. And actually, when I go to my grandchildren, I say they recharge my batteries because Mm. they make me run around, chase around, and actually keep me fit as well. Yes. Uh, Yes, Friday night, we had picnics in the park and (laughs) looking for (laughs) bears in the park. Have a good week, listeners. I'm afraid that's all our time for this evening and you tune into us next week inshallah assalamu alaikum